Hey guys, thanks for checking out the Bucked Up Podcast. If you wouldn't mind just hitting the subscribe button, like, sharing the video. We have new episodes coming out every Monday and Thursday. Enjoy. Hey guys, before we get started, I just want to say that this episode is sponsored by North Carolina Underground Hip Hop Titans, E the Mad Assassin, and Seven to Panther. They uh, recently joined forces with Polish producer Slide Beats to present their newest album, Carter and Newton, The Field Report, with a bonus track produced by Drug Beats. This album is drawing inspiration from the 97 classic debut, The War Report by Capone and Noriega. Uh, the West Coast transplants combine their respective aliases, Seven as Young Bunchy Carter and E as Graham Newton, to form their version of CNN to take The War Report into the field. Carter and Newton, The Field Report, is currently available wherever you listen to music on all streaming platforms. Welcome to the episode. It was at this moment that he knew. He bucked up. Now he fucked up! We're in Top Shelf Premium. Welcome. It's an honor. Thank you so much, Ross, yeah, for welcome. being on this. I appreciate really. you, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. What about cassettes? You do have you have a cassette collection that's crazier than well, you're looking at what's for sale. Yeah. Oh, this is your for sale. How about back there? For Still sale. for sale? For sale. Everything that's out in the public eye is for sale. This is my store, so I'm here to make money. That's you what... have a personal collection. Oh, yeah, huge, huge. Uh like see these these cassette holders they probably hold like a hundred each box probably got like five of those why cassettes because they're just like i mean it's from my time uh i remember that was the first time i ever heard hip-hop was on a cassette and uh they just kind of like i like small like records are awesome vinyl is awesome like i get it but it takes up so much space and it could be very expensive as well, even though I've spent plenty of bread on certain cassettes. But some of them, you know, they just just come across them in the wild for cheap. What was the most expensive one you bought? I, people listening, I'm looking at your cassette collection as you uh, speak. Uh, the one that you're selling, but still in this bin right here. No, just like the one, most expensive one you picked up on along the way. I mean, I, my most expensive tape that I own is probably the purple tape. I think uh, the Raekwon purple tape is probably where if I think I've seen them on Discogs, like 300, 400. I recently just, uh, it was the 25th anniversary of Iron Man. Mm -hmm. And one of my friends was uh, creating a commercial for Ghostface for oh, the really? Iron Man tape. And they came to me because he knew of what like a nerd I am. I'm collecting cassettes and they used my cassette and it hasn't aired yet. I don't know when this is going to air, but for the 25th anniversary of Iron Man, uh, Ghostface is taking a cassette out of a deck and putting it in their stereo, and it's my cassette. That's your cassette. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty fucking. And in dope. return, he got. Uh, he was. It's funny because the guy that um, shout out Tosh. If I had to, uh, he wanted. He's like, yo, can you want me to get a sign for you or something like that? And I'm such a purist. I said no. I didn't want my cassette signed, but he gave me. He got this signed for me by Ghostface. Oh my god. Yeah, the uh, Wu Tang Forever. That's insane. Yeah, so I just got this. So I'm super hyped on it. So damn me being a nerd of cassettes uh, got me something cool of something I really don't even collect. But is Wu-Tang your uh, what was your like first? You said you heard rap for the first time on cassette was. Yeah. So the first cassette that I owned was actually from a homie of mine. His family had like uh, it was a dubbed Snoop Dogg tape. Mm -hmm. It was like, uh, you know, 
a bootleg of a Snoop Dogg tape. But it was so cool because when he had it, it was like the comic book that got me so crazy. A doggy style. If you open the cassette it's, or even a CD, it's a, it's a comic book. Yeah. Yeah. So I was just like, you know, at that time, I was probably like whatever year that was, 94. Right. Uh, when did, is that what the year came out? Snoop around that area. 94, 95. I was, yeah. Maybe? I was like in fourth grade. So I was I, born in 97. I, I'm a little. Okay. All good. All good. <laughs> I'm just, you know, I'm just telling you that he had a photocopy machine and he photocopied the whole thing for me. And we made like a whole fucking booklet out of it because that's how much I was, you know, enamored by the uh, the cassette. The Snoop Dogg. Yeah, the Snoop Dogg. So Snoop Dogg was definitely the first cassette I owned, but it was like a bootleg version because my parents wouldn't buy it for me. And but the first cassette that I heard, I remember it was Domino. There's a rapper named Domino. I don't know who Domino I'll, is. I'll show it to you. I'll play it. Right. It's a real West Coast. All right. I so love, you are a West Coast. I, I love guy. West Coast hip hop. I mean, I was, you know, born in New York and my family's from the Bronx. Like I'm total East Coast dude. But yeah, that's what I mean. Cause you we had when you had the supply and demand show, you put me on some of like my favorite, what I think is gonna be the next generation of like East Coast yeah. New York rappers. So it's crazy to hear like yeah, I mean, that's I mean, that's just my true origin. But then, you know, as time goes on, I'm in school and Mob Deep and Big Pun and Wu-Tang. You know, that's what I was raised on. Yeah. Biggie. I, Biggie. Yeah, of course. Same time. Have you ever thought about doing a show out West? Yeah, I'm actually, you know. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. Yeah. Talking about it right now. Oh, that's dope. Got a few people. Did you always know that you wanted to get in like be a part of it like be a part of the because we're in a your vintage clothing store right now yes in hoboken and that's very different than like but it's not but it's not exactly it's not not. where do you think these guys get their clothes from why do you think we're so you know in love with these rappers and we think of them as icons because you want to dress like them you know what i mean so that's how it started I didn't know I was always going to be in this position. I didn't know that you were going to interview me on some like, hey, this guy's a rap dude. Yeah, because I'm you know, I'm a rap guy because I'm a fan of it. I'm a comedian. I'm a rap guy because I'm a fan of it. That's why I'm talking to you is because we both came to something right with different angles, angles. And it's not like I don't don't want to be a rapper. I definitely don't. But I love it so much. I'm such a fan that I want to talk. I want to interview. I want to like agreed. If anything, I think when I was younger, I tried to I wanted to be a DJ when I was like in my teenage years, but my parents would not get me turntables and my friends had them. But that was the end of the story fast. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there was never any drive for me to be a rapper. My cousins were like rapping all the time. You know, my uncle used to rap in like the 80s, you know, they're from the Bronx. So like mm-hmm. hip hop, it was everybody was doing it, but not me. I never, you know, really want to jump behind a mic. Am I going to lie to you and say I never have? Right. Of course. I have, but not like in a serious <laughs> no, manner. You're not I'm taking like, it seriously. I'm going to fucking take this and put it on a vinyl and, you know, do all that. But yeah, I just love it. And I think a true fan who really loves hip hop is going to have the same experiences because yeah. you just love it so much. You want to fucking do it. Then what was your like the intro to it to bring the dream show or like what oh. was the dream when you were young? Like playing basketball girls. That was my, you know, you could even look at like my senior quote. Like I just wanted like a car with a system to crack the pavement. You know what I mean? I just, and I, I said, I think I wrote, I wanted a car with a system to crack the pavement and living on an island with like 40 girls, just me and 40 girls. You know what I mean? Like, I just, so you were like, just kind of, yeah, just kind of living for the day kind of guy. Always still am. 
Ethereum, but focused and it works. Yes, very focused. Um, how did I get to this situation and how did the rap thing? Maybe is this where the full circle question is coming? I guess I like to I, I do want to know, like, was there like a moment when you're like, all right, I am going to focus because I had that moment. And I think that's like I, I enjoy hearing that. So before we got on the uh, the mics, I was telling you throughout my 20s, I kind of just went where the wind blew me. Mm-hmm. You know, I told you I lived in Spain, Florida, California, just doing all kind of jobs. You know what I mean? And I finally got back to the New York area and I had no job, no way of making money. And all I had was my clothing. And all I did throughout those years of being a traveler was thrifted and went to other little stores and picked up stuff. So I threw on eBay was just kind of like a thing back at that year. And I threw on, I threw out this uh, Raiders hat and I bought the Raiders hat for like a dollar at a flea market. Somebody paid $50 for it. I was like, holy shit. Like somebody paid $50 for this hat, like a used Raiders hat. This is insane. You know what I mean? Yeah. So then I dug into it more. I started selling more on eBay and I went into a flea market, excuse me, into the Lower East Side. And I, uh, excuse me, got a little hiccup there. <laughs> All good. <laughs> I'm drinking seltzer. It's about to happen to me in like five minutes. Yeah, I had, I had a seltzer on the way over. Um, so I went to this flea market in the Lower East Side and I made $1,000 my first day, like selling. And then it changed my life since then. And now this is like 10 years later. And you have a store. Were you a clothing kid like growing up? Were you into fashion or anything? Not at all. Like my mom used to dress me in Ralph, but no. Do you remember going into like thrift stores and liking it as a kid or? No, I remember my dad used to work for like the churches and we used to get like donations like the Salvation Army. We used to work for them and we would bring like used clothes to them and you know, do that. And I did that often. Yeah. Uh, so like I was used to secondhand, but I never really shopped it as a child. It was really when I hit like 18, 19 that I started doing secondhand shopping. And then, and then, so long story short, I was selling and I opened up a little pop-up in the Lower East Side and then rappers started coming into my shop. Like Jadass, Smoke Dizza, that's where I met like Rosenberg. Like, do you remember the first person, first rapper to come in? Uh, no, not the first one, but like Retchy P, like those dudes at that era. That's when, like, I was like, oh, there could be, you know, it's like there's like an alliance here, you know what I mean? Yeah, like because they're coming to me for these one of one pieces to be on stage. And I really saw it really strong with Joey because that was like when, you know, 1999 was coming out and, you know, before the money, like I was the dude for before the money. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Wardrobe to all his like. I love Joey Badass so much. I went to a Logic concert just to see him opening up. I probably would have done the same. (laughs) (laughs) I would have done the same. And uh, yeah, Joey's the man, dude. So I was uh, I was the guy for a moment. You know what I mean? I was the guy for the moment and they used to bring me everywhere with them. And I always kept that vintage aesthetic with me. You know what I mean? Like I was dressed in vintage. They were all in vintage. vintage. It was just like a walking commercial. I thought mm-hmm. of it as so I used to bring my VHS around. And one day I was just like, cause I always think of this big L video where he's rapping in a record store. I don't know if you can pull this up or you find it, but it's somewhere in like Sweden or something like that. And he's rapping in it and it's so fire. I'm like, where's that shop? Like, yeah. where is that? So I was like, yo, why don't, I do that in my shop. 
invite the guys that I'm already smoking blunts with, hanging out with, chilling, going to shows. They're bringing me all over. Like Joey brought me to South by Southwest with him. Like I'm going to hotel rooms with other people. And, you know, I'm selling private leads to these places. I'm like, why don't I ask one of these guys to like rap in front of my clothing? Yeah. And we did it once and then we did it twice. And then it just became this one? thing. Smoke Dizza was the first ever person that we filmed. And then at that time, like Mass Appeal was pretty good, was coming by the shop a lot and they just picked up Dave East. Yeah. So then we put Dave East on there and then it just kind of like trickled. How did you find those beats? Because all the beats you use are insane. Are those? Well, a lot of them, uh, most of them now, I mean, like, like I'm saying, like started off like three or four episodes and now we're like over 90 episodes. In. Yeah. Yeah. And it's getting just crazy traction on them. Like those freestyles are insane. Yeah. Thank you, man. Um, you know, it's not me. It's the artist. You know what I mean? Totally. I totally yeah. understand. You know, it's the artist. And uh, you bring a certain aesthetic and vibe to it that is different. That's a reason that like. It stands out to other things. Well, I think what people kind of get high off is, is the uh, curation of it. And that's what I take pride in, because that's how I make my living is curating things. Uh, I curate my clothing. I curate the people that are around me. I curate a whole aesthetic. You know what I mean? So the artists that come onto the program, like I handpicked them all kind of, you know what I mean? Yeah. There's definitely some folks that I want that I can't get and maybe it'll never happen. Mm -hmm. And I like that. You know what I mean? And those are what makes me keep going. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, that's, the reason I do two episodes a week of this, and that could be the de- to the detriment of views because it's it gets kind of over flooded, but it's because I just want to talk to everyone and have yeah, a conversation cool. with whoever, whether it be you or whether it be uh, fucking Sean Veig, the yoga, yoga instructor, instructor that got me into yoga after my bad, uh, like when I hurt my calf or hologram be one of the first ones. It's like, I just want to have conversations in as many as possible. Cool. Yeah, I get it. Uh, another thing why we don't do a lot of episodes either is because it's a fucking bitch to film because we use original VHS cameras. I bet. And the battery life is like five minutes on each battery. So like we're constantly changing them. Well, each season is kind of like an album then when you look yeah, at we it. Only, we, we do like 14 people a season. It's kind of been that average. You know, I'm, I don't like count, but yeah, it's been around that time. Around that range. When did what was your first show that you did? Because that's where we concert? met was at the concert, the supply and demand show that you did. First supply and demand show was like uh, 2019. What was your first? Show? Did you run concerts before? No, I that? never ran concerts before. I threw one other show that like I I put my name on it. Um, I'm forgetting the name of the show right now, but it was headlining Mayhem Loren, uh, Bodega Bams. Yep. And Shahef. Oh, wow. Yeah. We even went up to like I, at that time I was already rocking with Peter. Like he brought us up to High 97 to promote it. Oh, that's amazing. That was like the first ever show that like I was semi, you know, it was in control of. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then supply and demand came because me and May. So Mayhem's my partner on supply and demand. Um, and he wanted to always do this like sneaker con kind of concert vibe. And I was like, yo, bro, like I come from a flea market. That's the way I I worked for years. You know what I mean? Like I was selling at flea markets and I would shop at flea markets. So I just knew how the it worked 
when vendors are all involved, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Space wise. So it's like, I can handle that. No problem. You know what I mean? Concert part can't be that hard. You know what I mean? Like you just get some dope artists and we can put it all together. And we did it. I did it. It was in Brooklyn, the Brooklyn Night Bazaar. It was August, I believe, 2019. And uh, it was a smash, dude. It was a smash. Everybody came out, man. It worked beautifully. I combined the whole culture that we're involved with, with the beat sets from Sadhu. Who killed it again. <laughs> again, yeah. He's been a part of the show every time. Because yeah. He's just like such a great person. And the first show was just so special. I mean, everybody came out that night. Muggs was there. Mayhem, you know, he headlined it. Crime headlined it. Flea was on there. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it was a fire show. Daniel's son. He brought out Al Davino. Like it was cool, man. It was super cool. As a curator, that must, you know, because that's what it's that must be a very cool experience to have your first. Well, I one, think that's like, why people really love the show is because like from the moment you walk through the door, it's curated. You know, what I mean, from the vendors that you're seeing, like I handpick all those people to the artists, to the beats that's playing in the background. To Rome Street sitting there the entire time. like Rome Streets was selling merch. And that had- that's another, thanks for saying that, that's a very important part of the show because I noticed the way that the world, this world was working with merch. Very exclusive, very selling out. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I was like, yo, there's a market. Yeah. There's a market there for this. And how cool would it be if it was in person? You know what I mean? Like, how cool would it be if you could walk up to Al Davino and buy a piece of art that he painted? How cool would it be to go up to Rome streets and buy his merch that he sells out of? You know what I mean? Online, yeah. even to like artists like Bernard Art. You know what I mean? Like shout out. That's the guy who created the cover for Supply and Demand. That's Bernard yeah, Art. He, he's uh, he's going to be coming on next week. The Is podcast. he? Yeah, that's my boy. Yeah, he's awesome. Yeah, that's my man right there. <laughs> cool, dude. Yeah, I love that. See, I love that. Yeah, That's no, cool. it's, he's the man. And so we're, we're all a part of this culture. That's so funny that you and him connect because West Coast shit, like he also does the artwork, like he's done artwork inspired by like the Snoop Dogg shit. Yeah. He just did Larry June's new cover yeah. for that. Like he's done Rock Marcy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, shit with Madden. He's a yeah. he's, he's the man. Yeah, that's cool that you got him. But as a curator, you brought all the. Yeah, the bring, shit I'm just together. trying to like I was just, you know, bringing Instagram to real life. So you didn't have like there wasn't an envision of this. It kind of just Never. felt your life. Do you feel like you just you let it, it fall into yeah. place? Yeah. Yeah. My main way to make money and kind of my only way that I make money is selling used clothes. I buy something for cheap and I sell it for high yeah. clothing. You know what I mean? I that's the only kind of business mind that I I have. You know what I mean? Was buying low, selling high. But I mean, you have a store like you have a shop. Yeah. Like- and, and I think that all of what we've just spoken about helps push this. You know, what I mean, is how well it's put together, because mm-hmm. if you looked at my store and, you know, there was there was jeans here and T-shirts here and, you know, shit. And everywhere. the colors didn't match. Yeah, shit like- was everywhere. Like people walk in and be like, what is this? And it could be fire everywhere. But it's like, what the fuck is all this? This looks like a, a junk, you know, yeah. junk store. But no, I don't do that at all. And I don't do that with the supply and demands either. And I don't do that with the off tops either. I make sure that everything is done in the way that I kind of want it. You know what I mean? And it's presented organized chaos. Yeah. 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 I guess so. 
But did you when was when did that mentality come on? Like, did you have like a, a hustler's moment? mentality? Like, yeah, the well, a hustler's mentality that gave you a drive to the path that you started on right just working. Now. You know, what I mean, it was the vintage clothes that started working. And then when the, the off tops came, you know, people were coming to the store and buying stuff. You know, what I mean, so it was yeah. working. And then I just love this scene of hip hop. I don't know what you want to call it, this culture. Do you remember the first like project you heard from this scene or like the first like? I mean, well, I, I listened to it my whole. Yeah, my whole life. So like, I don't know. Are you so you're Sean more New Price York is my Sean Price. Yeah, Sean Price was a, like a huge. Like when I was in my early 20s and I was in New York, I was going to see like those shows, mm. you know, Sean P and never got to see him. Yeah. The craziest uh, moment because me and my friend who started off top like he's my camera guy he he does all my my video i asked him i was like yo we've been doing this for like six years seven years like what's like your favorite moment and we actually had sean price who was never on off top but we filmed a music video of his in my store in the lower east side oh shit yeah and he was my biggest uh i was i'm like his biggest fan you know what i mean like yeah. I, I mean everybody i'm sure is but to me he was the one right and we were smoking blunts with him in the basement of my shop. And that was like my friend's Josh. Shout out, Josh. His like moment. That's his... like, that's awesome, man. Because I was like, you're absolutely right. Like, that was so special. What's your moment? Oh, man, there's a lot of good ones. There's a lot of good ones. There's a lot of recent good ones. Like Willie, the kid blew my mind last year when he just came in with like 14 bottles of champagne and just like, you know, it's him and V-Don and the crew and we're all in here and we're hyped and it's like 1030 at night. And, you know, he's like two hours late, but it didn't matter because it was just like it was fire. And then he just hopped on the mic. We turned the beat on and he just murdered it like first take and the energy was there. And then it was that was that was amazing. Uh, you know, some of the first seasons ones are super memorable. Uh, Bodega Bams, he brought a lot of energy. If you've watched that one back, it's yeah. like his whole crew and the tan boys. And that was like a lot of fun. Uh, shout out to a thousand words. You can see him in that video, too. He's, like, oh, he's really? A, I yeah. didn't. I have to watch that. Yeah, back. He, he's, he, he's a tan boy and he was in that. He's he, another one who pushes it from a different angle that works. Yeah. So you hard, know what I mean? Like, we're all fans. Yeah. You know him. I Bernard, we're fans of this. And mm -hmm. we just we're just using our art to be involved. Because that's what Bernard's doing, straight up artist. Yeah, this is art. You know what I mean? Because we're wardro I'm wardrobing the guys and putting them on stage and putting you know a piece of you know video content out there. Or well, that's why I love like talking to you and you seeing it as just a fan. Like you're not like because someone could run a show like supply and demand and let it get to their head where they're like, nah, I'm it. Like no way. But you're a fan, like. Yeah. This isn't a rap podcast at all. As much as people, I'm just a fan that I get to happen to talk to like, oh, it's cool. I got Vic Spencer on the last week, but I also had on a comedian friend of mine that yeah, like, yeah. you know, yeah, is just from it. the area. Like, I want to see a set of yours. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you ever do anything in New York or no? Yeah, I do shit in New York. Um, I'll let you know. Yeah. I'll let you know. I'm doing one in Brooklyn, October 9th. If you're listening, I'm having a uh, Raina Simone who's been on bars on I-95, Killer Bigmont, um, a lot of great Deuce Ellis, a lot of great artists. On I know there. that my friend uh, Rosenberg, his partner, Cypher Sounds, he's uh, like a comedian as well. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, there's a little common. You met Rosenberg just by him coming into the store? No, I met Rosenberg. Uh... 
Hey guys, before we get back into the episode, I want to say that this one is also sponsored by 607 Sound, based out of Elmira, New York. Uh, they're a local underground upstate music platform. Um, they're actually executive producing an album called Integrated Affinity Volume 1, featuring artists from the 607, like Blicka Don, Anthony Cannon, MBK Richie, and more, uh, as well as artists you've seen on Bucked Up, like Jay Skies and Deuce Ellis, as well as a host of others that could be soon, like Tony Boy, Gaines, Chill Ali, Brother Tom SOS, Camouflage Monk, and Origino. Uh, keep up with 607 Sound through their website, 607sound.com, and socials, and stay tuned for that album release coming soon. Uh, let's get back into it. Like seven years ago, I guess, six, seven years ago, when I first started getting involved in selling vintage, mm-hmm. I like, I basically like kind of, you know, went after him a little bit because I knew what a wrestling t-shirt fan he was, <laughs> yeah. but I also knew of what an underground hip hop fan he was. And I just kind of like, you know, almost admired him. You know what I mean? I was like, oh, this guy's awesome. You know what I mean? Like, see what happens. So there was one show. I mean, I probably DMing him a little bit back and forth. Like, Hey, I have these WFTs, blah, 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 blah. And he would DM me back. But there was one show that he was going to be, uh, he was doing a hosting for a paper pay-per-view event mm-hmm. just at some bar. And, you know, I grabbed my cousin and I was like, yo, let's go, let's go to this. Let's bring the camera, the VHS camera. I'm going to go meet him and I'm going to give him this wrestling shirt. Yeah. And that's exactly what I did. I just went after it. I got him like this WWF raw fleece and my cousin was there and was able to like take a picture or, and I was holding the VHS. I got Peter to say something like a little drop. And ever since then we just became, you know, it was just, you know, staying, staying, staying close to him. You know what I mean? And then he, you know, we just became like true friends. And then he, you know, he hired me to do like his merch. I was selling his merch. I would sell his merch at like uh, cheap heat shows. That's his other podcast. And, you know, it just continued. It just continued. Just continued. That's awesome. Yep. How do you feel about the like, are you are you a Griselda fan? Like with the, yeah. the wrestling merch and all that shit. It's yeah, so I mean, funny I'm, how popular it is. now. Yeah, I'm a fan of everybody selling merch and selling stuff. Yeah, because that's how everybody's making money. I'm not a wrestling fan, but I will like I'll get like a mystery tea. And <laughs> I got the Chris Benoit and I didn't know. I didn't know who he was and I was wearing it up on stage oh, and this person was like, how the fuck could you be wearing that shirt? And I was like, I don't know who it is. Yeah. And then I found out. Yeah. Then I found out who that was. Yeah. I was, I was questioning that one. <laughs> Look, also as the, I'll see people with like the three eyed Hitler and it's yeah, like, that's the one hoodie I bought. The th- It's a hard hoodie. I would never wear it, but it's hard as shit. It's just blew my mind that somebody would make that. Yeah. You Isaac know? killed that painting. Yeah. I mean, it blew my mind that, West Side Gun would put that out as a merchandise that I had to buy it. Me being a Vintage. connoisseur of clothing, like I was like, yo, it might be worth 300 today. But like, just think of it down the road when my son is like 30 years old and he's like, this was merch back in the day, dad. Like, this is what people were selling is Hitler with three eyes. Like, that's insane. Guy's smart, man. West is smart, smart. You're smart because you think about it like that, but not a lot of like all right yeah you just were like all you do is you saw that a shirt was this much and then you sold it for this much but your store and what you've created is a lot of people's dreams that they haven't been able to accomplish yet or get to like this is like a thing that's different than a lot of other things like you are at the you know 
every hill has a mountain next to it, but you're at the top of the hill of like this. Of what the vintage worlds? Because well, definitely not. Just, no, but I'm just the tying everything together, like creating something. When I say top, creating something that's special. That's what I like. I like to talk to people who create something that's special. That I just created a, a little world that I like to live in. You know what I mean? Like I love this kind of clothing. I love this kind of music. I love having people around me. Like I love, like I, I'm in the shop. Like people can come see me. I'm here Thursday yeah. through Monday. Come see me. 257 First Street. <laughs> I'm here. Uh, you know, it's not like I have anybody because I, I enjoy this. I enjoy talking to people. I enjoy. I think that was like the biggest high I got off of when I sold that thousand dollars in the Lower East Side. That first day of selling vintage in person was connecting with somebody that loved something so much that I picked out with my own eyes and brain and I felt passionate about it. And then I was able to give it to them, sell it to them. And they felt even more empowered. And I was like, wow, this is crazy. Yeah, that's so powerful to me. It was. And I'm sure that's how people are with music and how you are with interviewing people. It's like, man, this is just freaking cool. And it satisfies you. And you work in here, like being in the shop, doing it. You want to be in not the flow state, but you want to live in a world that you're happy to live in. And I think a lot of people don't do that. I think a lot of people live in worlds that they don't want to live in. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of risk and there's a lot of dark days. And I mean, it still could be like that. You know what I mean? And I think you just, if you're going to go down, on the road that you want to live and love like you have to just take those downs as equal as the highs um and that's just a true fact because it's gonna happen yeah it's gonna happen you know i mean the, the shows the, the clothes the days there's gonna be rainy days where nobody walks in could be like that for four days straight just last week i mean hey story ida my shop got flooded bro i was oh, shut shit, down for real yeah Shut down. Shut, yeah, shut down. You know what I mean? Fucking pumping water out of my storage area. All my winter clothes that were in my storage area back there, there's about two feet of water. It lifted up the bins and dumped the fucking clothes, fur coats, all this shit gone. And it's not water. It's sewage. We're in Hoboken. It's just yeah. like there was water coming up from the drains instead of You're draining. You're not saving this. Like... You can't. Some of it you can't. You know what I mean? And, you know, that can really get you down. You know what I mean? Corona whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Shut us down. You know what I mean? People scared to come out. What did, what are you going to do? This is how I make money. It's not off of fucking freestyles. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's just for something you love. It's not. A, yeah. It's just fun selling this coat for 200 bucks. That's how I make money. And I was not able to. So you have to like not get scared. Rule number one, never get excited. Never get excited. If it's a bad or a good thing, calm down. It's all good. You know what I mean? We're going to be fine. And you just got to pivot and adjust to it and just go with it. Never get excited. That's a good advice that I think it's true. Cause when, if you get overly excited for something, you tell a bunch of people, it never works out. I mean, it might. And then it, it's not even that great because yeah. you already got so excited about it. Yeah. And then yeah. there's always something next. Whenever I hit like a milestone, I don't know how you feel. Like whenever you hit a milestone that you really fucking want, it's like, all right, but what's next? Like, yeah, there's always going to be that. That's why, like, there's no end goal. You know what I mean? It's really, I, I do really cherish the present. Like, I, not that I, you know, I live for today. You know I mean? I, you know, I have a son. Like, I think of the future, of course. You know what I mean? Like, I want to be there for him. But 
at the same time, like now is all that is real. Yeah. This is the only thing that matters. This is my phone, by the way. <laughs> That's a great phone. Yeah. Just, I just hung up on the person, by the way. I'm so sorry. <laughs> my bad. Whoever that was, they're probably going to call back. I, might have like, I just couldn't even hear them with their yeah, no. They're going to listen to this podcast. They're like, God damn yeah, it. I, I know. It's probably like somebody outside. Recording him hanging sure. up on me. No problem. Let me get it real quick. Yeah, no problem. Vintage on first. N- no. No, we don't. Sorry. All right, thank you. <laughs> I get that question all the time. So yeah. People always want to know if like I'm buying. Oh, if you're like, buying. If like can if they come in and take stuff and you know, that's an angle, but like I'm saying, the curation of my life is so important to me that 95% of the shit that people bring me, I'm not gonna want, or people have this crazy value to it. Like that's another rule that I have to live by in this world is something's only worth what something will is willing to pay for it you know what i mean you can't be like this is worth seven hundred dollars to to this person it's worth seven dollars yeah but hey like i have that um marvin gay shirt up there very 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 rare it might not be worth shit to somebody but to me i don't need to i don't need to let that go yeah yeah so i'm gonna put a crazy price on it because i don't care if i sell it period yeah damn is yeah. that your rarest piece, the Marvin Gaye shirt? I mean, in the shop, probably right now. Yeah, 1983. Do you buy things not to wear them? All the time. Think I wear women's clothes? <laughs> that was a stupid <laughs> question to ask you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, nobody's, not everybody's an extra large 2X. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I got to buy smalls. I got to buy mediums. No, but I mean, for yourself, like you said, you bought that Hitler hoodie just to like keep for the yeah, future. I would like, never wear it. Um, you know, I wear plenty of Griselda merch. I'm not saying I would never wear Griselda merch. No, I just but wouldn't that wear that one. one. Yeah, yeah. I just thought it was so wild. And like, I mean, I have like Kanye stuff, like I'm keeping on ice, Drake stuff. Like, yeah, these are moments, you know what I mean? That we're living through like 30 years ago or 40 years ago when Marvin, you know, gay put his shirt out. People should have fucking saved him, dude. You know what I mean? Because yeah. they're, they're historic moments in life. Um. But you have to have a law. That's funny that you say that being such an in the moment person, because you have to have such a long term. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm like, I'm in the moment, but at the same time, I'm not like, yeah, so out of it. You know what I mean? You're living in the future because that to have that mindset, like you do really have to. Yeah. 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 Like right now, the 2000s are big, like even clothing wise and just like time wise, you can even hear it like almost musically, too. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that 2000s vibe is back. As we saw with Jada Kiss fucking ripping it. That was crazy. Yeah, that was, he, And he was hot in my day. Like I'm yeah. from like the Rockland County, Yonkers, Westchester area. That's what we were trapping. I mean, that's what we were moving around to. You know yeah. what I mean? It was Jada, the locks. Crazy. It, that was a. And yeah. that's why it was kind of like so epic now, because 20 years later, we're all living in the past. You know what I mean? Like, hey, that's when I was really outside. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> there was no iPhones. There was no Instagram. None of that shit. And that is it's He's funny. still killing it. Yeah, I feel like I'm excited to look back at it, but I'm I'm in the moment musically move like I like newer stuff. I usually don't go back too much and listen to like music for nostalgia purposes anymore. Like oh, if you go in my car, the only thing I have are G unit mixtapes. Oh, really? Yes. 
I don't have like a ox cord. <laughs> you ox just play. Cord. I literally have uh, Return of the Body Snatchers in my car. Uh, you know what I mean? Like G Unit Radio One through fucking eighteen. Where do you go out for? Col- don't give exact locations, but like, do you go out collecting? Is that part of your job? Like, yeah. Yeah, that is my job. Yeah, that is my job. I just flew in from Atlanta. I was in Atlanta last week shopping. Um, I mean, I could say it because nobody can get to it. It's like a a warehouse that, you know, I have private, uh, you know, exclusivity to, you know what I mean? Like you could go and spend the bread, but I doubt you're going to go and spend that, you know, X amount because it's really for retail. You know I mean? It's for resale. You know, A.A. Rashid? Yeah, of course. So I had him on and he's a big collector. He's Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I appreciate his love for things. You know what I mean? I'm sure if he ever walked in this place, he might be bugged out. He would fucking love this yeah. for real. Yeah, yeah, I know. I I'll saw, try to. I saw I saw things that were, you know, I can. I can show him. He's a crazy. I want to go out to his place in L.A. too. He Why has does a, he have a shop? He has a show. Well, it's like a museum of it's not clothes, but it's just like. Well, weird yeah, artifacts right. like yeah i love it he's a big collector of peewee herman shit for some yeah, reason well, i'm a big collector low-key of like i told you cassettes and i yeah. have uh like my six-year-old son me and him got really into collecting original ninja turtles oh really yeah like the figures the cars uh, that's also awesome. like uh street sharks like big into street sharks. Street sharks. Yeah, street sharks, ninja turtles. Archie. That's fucking dope. Yeah, street sharks. That's a comic book. That's pretty rare. But um, yeah, all the ninja turtle shit. Like I have like a VHS, like all the original. Like yeah. in my son's room, there's we have a VHS player. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's important to limit the TV like that because there's a beginning and an end. When you're watching like YouTube and shit like that, there's no end. There's no end. It just keeps playing and keeps playing and keeps playing. Yeah. It's crazy to me. That is, I never, that's true. When you have like a DVD or VHS, there's an end. And now there's like, it's over. Like I've been watching Better Call Saul. Like, and when I watch it, it's just Netflix just keeps playing the next episode over and over again. And I'm not even a TV watcher. I laid in bed like six hours the it's other crazy. day watching that yeah, shit. It's like, God damn, I usually go for a bike ride, go for a run, but I'm just laying watching this shit. Yeah, man. Can't be doing that. Living in the, do you live in, not live in the past, but do you try not to do limit technology? Like you don't have an yeah. aux cord in your car? Like No aux cord. No. I mean, I have Netflix at the crib. I'm yeah. not going to lie. What do you play musically for your uh, kid? Uh, cassettes. But like what type of music? We have like the Ninja Turtle uh, motion soundtrack. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. uh, hip hop. Mm-hmm. Hip hop. Does he like anything yet? Yeah. Does he have? Yeah. You know, you know, yeah. he likes music. He's good. Yeah. I mean, nothing crazy yet. You know, I, I mean, yeah. he's just a good person. That's all I see. He's happy. That's awesome. And that's really, that's all that matters to me. That's really awesome. Yeah. Thanks, man. It's cool that I don't know that you've gotten to a point where like you do seem very like, zen in the moment and peaceful like you have shit going how you want it to be and it just kind of like worked out in that way yeah do you have any sort of like higher powered feeling or like a spirituality like no man like i just really like i mean i was with crime apple all day today right Mm -hmm. i brought him to high 97 do an interview with rosenberg and we went to rosenberg's girl's place and did some photos with miss hatton and like i thanked him on the ride back, you know, he picked me up in a Benz and he's, you know, all iced out. And like, I'm just like, yo. And I thanked him. And he was like, why are you thanking me? He's like, thank you. 
you know, for doing what you did. And I'm like, nah, bro, thank you. Like, this is such an amazing moment. You know what I mean? Like, I'm all, I almost feel selfish, you know, doing these type of things. Like, I'm like the fly on the wall to like, you just laid like the craziest freestyle. And it was just me, you and Rosenberg. So like, thank you for letting yeah. me involved. Thank you for letting me sit in the car next to you. You know what I mean? Like, that's the shit I appreciate is it was there. It was just a couple hours ago. So it was like now, you know what that I mean? Isn't, yeah, that's cool. And because you're fan. not like, yeah, you're, and it's also like you're not like a try hard wine to like you're just being yeah. you're just doing it. You're living in the yeah, I love it. I know Peter and I know crime and I love them both. You know what yeah. I mean? Like they're super cool. And, you know, it makes sense. It's coming out of album with mugs. Oh, this guy needs to be on 97. He's one of the yeah, best rappers like alive. I could that, that I can't wait to hear that freestyle. Yeah, it's dropping this week. Insane. Yeah, for sure. When does this drop? This is going to drop in two weeks. Okay, so it'll be out already. Yeah, go look that up. Freestyle. Awesome. That's 97. Got the new mugs album coming out. It's crazy. Do you have any shows coming up? Do you have do you have any freestyles coming up? Like, oh, yeah. Well, we're involved in season seven as we speak. We just had Homeboy Sandman. Who killed it? You can see his episode on Bucked Up. Yeah, probably by the time this comes out, we're in the next episode, Young Morpheus. Oh, fire. Fire. Yeah, Yeah. fire. Fire. We filmed, uh, who did we film last week? Nimlo, Bub Styles, both Nimlo. I just saw he wasn't he here like last night or something. Yeah, we filmed you? him. He's coming out an album with Static. That's gonna yeah, be. I think crazy. that's public. I don't. Yeah. I'm not sure if that's not public, but oh, fire. Yeah, they're always working together. Yeah, no, no, it's coming out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's coming yeah. out like within a month or so. I just didn't know in two weeks. Uh, yeah, and we've had people who listening should go check out. Like, I had UFO on twice actually. Uh huh. Um, great dude. I love you. Yeah. And he was one of your first people. On. What he was first? on season three. Oh, season three. Okay. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 He was killing it. I, uh, <laughs> funny story about this because people will appreciate it. So I did a live episode with him oh, that's at the tiny cupboard in Brooklyn. And it's just, it's a comedy club. Oh, cool. Cool. And I, I walked in and I'm like, smells like weed in here <laughs> and he's just smoking a blunt <laughs> in the stage. corner with his two like two guys he brings and the booker's like hey could you uh could you ask him to put that out and i'm like i don't know man why don't you do it like i'm about i'm getting ready he's like going up to them this like kind of nerdy guy's like hey sir do you mind uh putting out your joint for us it was just you can the, smoke outside yeah. new york is so legal <laughs> i was like i definitely outside. smell weed in this that's cool Man, thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate you. Yeah, dude, like, this is awesome, man. I appreciate you wanting to sit down with me. Like, of who the course. fuck am I? <laughs> no, I said, who the fuck am I? That you, I like, you clo- like you closed the door for it. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I appreciate you for real. And, yeah, yeah, it's cool. And it'll be cool. I don't know how you feel like vintage. You're talking about how I feel is I can't wait to look back at these 10 years from now. Right. Agreed. Like, and I can't either. Yeah, it'll be it's it'll part be. of history. I mean, I, I had these conversations with Rome uh, a thousand words. You know what I mean? Like, that's why he's documenting all this. stuff. Yeah. it's cool. It's important, man. It's important. It it's really important. is. It's like shout out everyone to like New Vegas and cinematic yeah. too. like yeah. it is cool. And it'll be cool to look back because this is history. Like, yeah, we're in it. That's why I said that to crime today. Like, thank you. You know what I mean? Because who knows that freestyle, you know? Yeah, it could be the the one that Big Al did with uh, Jay Z. You know what I mean? Like, for it's real, epic. It's epic. That <laughs> supply and demand show, the first like right, first one back like yeah, that. Since corona, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like 
Shit was That's fire. historic. Like yeah. people, bro. That was crazy. It's insane. Yeah, it was and cool. Look at those artists. Look at Wild Starker. Look at Lord Dramante. Look at everyone who was on that line at Homeboy. Who yeah, showed Val, up. Val. Nick F. Everyone. Crazy. Like, yeah. 10 years, 15 years from now, people are going to be like, remember when we were at that show? Yeah. Right after COVID. Fucking remember all these guys are crazy. It's, you know? Yeah, man. That was, that was wild to me, dude. There was like 200 people waiting. We didn't open the doors till two o'clock and there was like 200 people wrapped around the building by like 1230. That's insane. And people who were there getting, who weren't even performing. Fucking Uncle John, fucking CG, fucking. People were flying in. People were DMing and sending messages out like weeks prior. Like, yo, I'm flying in from Texas. Yo, I'm flying in from Japan, flying in from, you know, all over the country, dude. It just blew my mind. Yeah. I was like, wow. Like, and then, you know, full circle. After the show was over, those people that flew in, they came to the shop like the next day, like oh. kids from Chicago and, you know, just to check it out. That yeah. was cool, dude. They wanted to see where the freestyles were filmed. And, and you were working. Of like. course I'm working, bro. I'm never not working, man. This is my life, dude. This is my life. All right. Last thing. Do you have like. Dream like your dream show. Who's on it? On what? Off top? Yeah. Uh. Or at least for supply and demand. Like, who do you want to see perform live the most on your show? Also, Rome Street's killed it. Yeah, killed it. Killed it. He's yeah, one of the best performers I've ever seen live. Yeah, we forgot great. his name earlier, but I... Yeah, no, he's amazing, it. man. Yeah, congrats to him also on the Griselda yeah. deal. That's, for that's, real. That's sick, dude. Yeah, no. He, he deserves yeah. that. And he's been working hard for years, bro. For so if long. If you even understand when the first time I met Rome is when I first started selling vintage, like, 10 years ago, and, like, Top Shelf didn't even exist. You know, what I mean, I was just in a in a this like Brooklyn. I was in Brooklyn and there's like this pop up little market and he came through and, you know, introduced himself. I even had a picture like his, some guy like was managing him at the time. You know, what I mean, yeah. they were like, yeah, this is our artist Rome Streets. And he was doing it back then. <laughs> so good for him, man. Like, and I really he's still sitting out there selling merch the entire time yeah. before his show. Like, I'm sure he won't be doing that much more because no. he's getting bigger, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm really proud and happy for him. Man, thank you so much yeah, for bro. doing this. I appreciate, appreciate it. You did. Do you want to plug your shit? No. For people? No. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, top Shelf Premium. Uh, off Top is the show on YouTube. And find us. We're out there. I didn't even realize my shirt matched your pants. Look at that. Peace out. <laughs>